I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And welcome back in to Inside Sources. Marty Carpenter sitting in today for Boyd Matheson. And we're going to shift our attention to. The Senate races almost feels a little bit like overtime from the Senate races two years ago because we ended in a tie, a 50-50 split. So with the midterm elections approaching, all eyes are on that upcoming Senate race, which in many cases, these races are shaping up to be very competitive. Uh, Dave Byler is a data analyst and political columnist with The Washington Post. He sat down with inside sources to discuss what the maps say and what factors could drag candidates down. So right now, 50-50 split in the Senate but not, a, not an equal split when it comes to who's up for re-election. 20 sitting Republicans up for re-election, 14 sitting Democrats. So the Democrats have a little bit easier of a time uh, covering those seats, defending those seats. David Byler laid out what Senate seats Democrats are defending and Republicans have made their priority to win. The number one target on the Republican list, the place that they want you know, to take the most, is Georgia. In Georgia, Senator Raphael Warnock has only been in office for about two years. Uh, He won a special election, so it's not a full term. And he sided with Biden on a lot of votes. Republicans are putting uh, Herschel Walker, a former NFL player who has deep ties in the state, up against him. And they're basically trying to think that, okay, Georgia is a diverse state. It's a suburban state. These are groups that we've been making gains with. They think they can win there. Arizona is a similar story. The Republicans haven't really figured out who their candidate is going to be yet. Um, But the Democratic senator, Mark Kelly, uh, has also only been in office for two years. And so there's a number of different Republicans who are sort of running in Trump's mold and also trying to say, okay, um, I'm the, you know, correct successor. Biden's doing terribly. You know, we're going to win this seat. The third seat that is sort of the most competitive that is in Democratic hands is Nevada. In Nevada, Republicans have found Adam Laxalt, uh, who's sort of a a compromise between having traditional uh, credentials and very Trumpian credentials. And so he's making a run at uh, Catherine Cortez Masto's seat. And Nevada, like Arizona and like Georgia, has a really high suburban population. So Republicans are hoping the same forces that helped Glenn Youngkin win in Virginia will sort of help them take these Senate seats. One of the really interesting things I think about what David says there is that you do have a couple of senators who are incumbents but got there either in special elections or have only been in uh, for one reason or another for for just two years. There is a huge advantage in being an incumbent, Uh, certainly like a traditional incumbent, especially on the Senate side. If you've been in there for six years, you sort of feel like you belong there. 
two years is obviously not that same amount of time. You don't get to drill in that same sense of this is just, I'm just the senator, and that's the way it is. But two years is still a big advantage over zero years. And once you hold that seat, you get some real name recognition. There's uh, a reputation that's built up, and you just have a, a massive advantage over anyone making a challenge. So I would point that out for those those races, that being an incumbent has its advantages, and that advantage does pertain to those who even only have two years under their belt. Uh, there are some other factors that are dragging Democrats down and have them concerned about these upcoming elections, and that is the popularity or lack of popularity currently for President Joe Biden. There's, you know, individual things that can happen on a state-by-state -state basis, but lurking underneath it all are the national conditions. So Joe Biden's approval rating right now is low. It's 43 percent last time I checked. Uh, and in a lot of these swing states, it's a similar number, similar to that 43 percent. And so when voters go to the polls, one of the first things they think about is uh, how is the party in power doing? How is the president doing? How is you know the president and his allies doing? Do I like what's going on? And so for Joe Biden to be at 43 percent, that's a bad sign for Democrats. Of course, that balances out, right, because it depends on what voters are looking at. So, yes, to some extent, they are looking at how is the party in power doing and, and will this candidate either help that party do better or uh, continue to push policies that I don't like. It does also have that factor of who's who's challenging, uh, who is my other alternative. You know, if it was just as simple of a decision as is this person doing well or not, it's it's pretty straightforward. Once you factor in that other variable of, well, who's the person that's running against them? And what do I think about that person? And what concerns come from that decision uh, or, or, you know, from that factor? That plays into it as well. So it gets to be a little bit more complex of a question. President Biden could be a problem for Republicans, too. If you're a Republican and you're, you know, trying to challenge Democratic candidate in a state where Biden is, you know, popular and is doing well, then that's going to be a problem for you. Trump is no longer the topic the same way that he was two or four years ago. So I think Republicans who, you know, try to use that in one way or another are going to have a little bit of trouble just because he's less relevant. Really, the person that this all kind of pivots around is Biden. Yeah, it's really interesting because every candidate has to go through this to some extent. Uh, who is the person uh, in power? Who is the president? And what do people think of of the president and his policies. And in each state, that will be a little bit different. And it's something that every campaign has to calibrate. And it's all a mathematical game. They're trying to get the best read they can on the polls and play the numbers and play the odds and then minimize that amount of people they actually have to convince of something by playing with the numbers as best they possibly can. Uh, David Byler is a data analyst and political columnist at The Washington Post. He focuses on elections, polling, demographics, and statistics. We're grateful for his insight uh, with us today. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Great Salt Lake. Its water level is at a record low. And Nick Shu from the Western Resource Advocates will join us to discuss ways that he believes we can save it. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. 
who would help our newest neighbors. Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.